presenting this month's special series, Focus on Children's Health on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Emily Pearl Kingsley wrote, when you're gonna have a baby, it's like planning a fabulous vacation trip to Italy. You buy guidebooks, make wonderful plans, and after months of eager anticipation, the day finally arrives. You take off, and when the plane lands, the stewardess comes in and says, welcome to Holland. A child embodies all of a parent's hopes, dreams, and aspirations. What do you do when the plan changes? You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Bill Rutenberg, and with me today is Dr. Roy Sanders. Dr. Sanders is the director of the Pediatric Neurodevelopmental Center and Psychiatric Services at the Marcus Institute in Atlanta, Georgia. Hi, Dr. Sanders. I appreciate your taking the time to join us at the Clinician's Roundtable. Thank you for asking me. Could you tell us a little bit about the Marcus Institute? Marcus Institute is a service in Atlanta, Georgia that is comprehensive in its evaluation and treatment and service provision for kids with autism and developmental disabilities. We have a behavior center. We have a center for early intervention for kids with autism and other developmental disabilities. We have developmental pediatricians, neurologists, child psychiatrists, psychologists, and other services for kids with autism and other problems with development. What prompted you to write this book? Well, actually, the the editor kind of harassed me for a couple of years. How did the editor find you? I had done an interview with WebMD several years ago and about, about being a doctor who had a child with autism spectrum disorder, and the editor at Norton had read that interview and contacted me and over time wore me down to finally sit down and do the book. Is it drawn on personal experience in the book? You mentioned that your oldest son, Frankie, was diagnosed with an autism spectrum disorder. Yeah, it's it's clearly based on my own personal experience, both clinically and our family's experience living with autism spectrum disorder. In the book you wrote, and I quote, I know a parent's anger at the professionals. When Frankie was diagnosed at 15 months, I was mad and incredibly angry, oddly, irrationally, I was most angry with the pediatrician who finally gave us the diagnosis. Could you talk about your feelings? And, you know, I think pediatricians and our audiences, primary care doctors primarily, need to be prepared for this. So if perhaps you could talk a little bit about your own reaction and what advice you might give to the person sitting in the room with you face-to-face. Interestingly enough, I think one of the reasons that I may have been as angry at first is because I've been trying desperately to convince our primary care pediatrician for several months that something was not quite right with Frankie. And interestingly, he was actually a pediatrician that I had trained as a resident when he was a a younger resident at Vanderbilt. And I trusted him completely, and he's a great doctor. But I had to keep saying to him, something's not quite right. And he would say to me, you just know too much. You know, you're you're trying to put things into the picture that aren't really there right now. And so I'd go back and forth between this denial and then worrying again and then this denial. And I'd let, you know, Larry kind of soothe me, soothe me down. So when we finally got to the Child Development Center and we had the full day evaluation is what they did at Vanderbilt and went through seeing a pediatrician, a psychologist, a speech therapist, an occupational therapist. And then the pediatrician came in at the end of all of that, the developmental pediatrician, and said to me, well, you know, 
we think that Frankie has symptoms consistent with an autism diagnosis or a pervasive developmental disorder diagnosis, I was just, I was overwhelmed. And I, I don't know what about it overwhelmed me as much as it was confirming a fear that I'd had all along and no longer could I live in the denial that things were not going to be different from here on out, that our life changed substantially from one moment to the next. Do you remember the first thing you said? Well, I tried to argue with her. First, I said, well, you know, what about this and what about that? And then she said something else about developmental issues. And I said, well, do you mean he's mentally retarded as well? And she said, well, you know, he has some significant developmental delays. So it's just, it was overlaying. And what struck me about her interactions, not to be overly critical of her, but what struck me about her interactions was there didn't seem to be any statement of empathy at that point that I know this is hard to hear or this is difficult. It was it was more like I was getting report from another physician on the board about a kid that I wasn't attached to in any particular way. And that was difficult for me, I think. And I think that it, physicians can go a long way by acknowledging the feelings that most parents have when they're getting difficult diagnoses, regardless of what the diagnosis is. I think that's a really important point. And again, it's okay to be critical on this show. As Jim Cramer would say, I'm not here to entertain you. I'm here to educate you. So, you know, these are things we don't pick up necessarily, even in our medical school and our training, because usually there's somebody above us that's making those decisions and making those conversations. So please, you know, sharing what you went through. For instance, your family. Do you do, Frankie's your oldest son. Did you have a daughter who's older or there are other children now? No, we have a younger son who's two years younger than Frankie. And actually, the best thing we ever did was to have another child (laughs) because McCray, who's Frankie's brother, literally became Frankie's lifeline to the world. I think probably better than any other integrated or inclusive school setting that we could have ever put him in. McCray pulled him along and has loved him and learned who he is to the point that for several years when when Frankie's speech was significantly delayed and he would get so frustrated with us not being able to understand him or understand what he wanted, McCray became his interpreter and would let us know what was happening. Now, we've had to work really hard with McCray to make sure he doesn't step into that caretaking role, but he really has been a godsend for us just because he's a wonderful kid, but also because he's been a great brother to Frankie. I'd like to welcome those who have just joined us at the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Bill Rutenberg, and I'm speaking with Dr. Roy Sanders, Director of the Pediatric Neurodevelopmental Center and Psychiatric Services at the Marcus Institute in Atlanta, Georgia. We're discussing facing autism as a parent, as a family, as a doctor. The role of the sibling, that's fascinating and probably a little unexpected on my part in terms of the role McRae has assumed when you're talking to families and they probably want to know what do we do with our other children? What should they be doing? Do you encourage the other children to become disinvolved? Actually, I think it helps the other children to have a role in the family and a role specifically with the child that is having the difficulties or the disabilities. From the very beginning, as McCray could understand that something was different about Frankie, we began to talk about some of the difficulties or, as we call them in our family, the troubles that Frankie has. And that became words that Frankie could then use to talk about the difficulties that he was experiencing as well. And I encourage parents to do that with their other children and to engage them. If if they feel like they're being shut out in some way, then they don't feel like they really have a role. And my experience has been that 
the children then really begin to develop resentments toward their parents and toward the sibling that they're living with. The older kids that I take care of, the adults with autism that I take care of, you know, oftentimes have to depend on their siblings to be their guardians, to be caretakers in some ways. And you don't want to establish difficult relationships early on that are going to be then problematic for everybody, you know, when the parents are no longer able to care for the child with autism spectrum disorder. The family undergoes stress. How do you and your wife take care of yourselves? Children with chronic illnesses, families often have divorce, high divorce rates, you know, so many stresses between the parents. Do you have advice for doctors that they could give to parents as to a way of taking care of themselves. I think it's important to set aside time for you and your spouse to to be engaged with one another away from the children and away from the stresses associated with the children. I know just in terms of little things, like the first seven or eight years of our lives, Frankie never slept completely through the night. So one of us had to be up, you know, almost every other night. We would take turns to take care of him to make sure that he wasn't getting into things, uh, wasn't doing things that were unusual. He was obsessed with weather for a while and would leave at four o'clock in the morning to go outside and try and get the paper so he could look at the weather before it came out, which can be a difficult, (laughs) difficult sort of interaction. But we had to set aside time for ourselves to be alone. We also take a vacation, just the two of us every year to kind of reunite with one another and to have some experience. And we've been involved in some couples therapy over time to sort out, you know, what our roles are going to be in terms of taking care of Frankie, who's going to have the primary role associated with this, who's going to have the role associated with this, the other, what are we going to do with McRae? How are we interacting with our extended family, which can be difficult at times. I was going to ask you about planning for the future. It sounds like that's that's in motion already. Right. We started from the very beginning, you know, doing one will. I think we're on our third set of wills and trust at this point. But And that can be expensive, and not everybody's able to do that. But there are people that can help you That uh, with folks that don't have resources. There are governmental agencies in many states that will help with future planning. And we've already begun to set up those processes, both within our nuclear family, but also within our extended family with our mine and my spouse's brothers and sisters and grandparents in terms of what the expectations are for what Frankie will need long term. I'd like to welcome those who have just joined us on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Bill Rutenberg, and I'm speaking with Dr. Roy Sanders, Director of the Pediatric Neurodevelopmental Center and Psychiatric Services at the Marcus Institute in Atlanta, Georgia. We're discussing facing autism. Can I ask you what was the single most poignant moment for you, your family, and Frankie? What sticks out in your mind? Probably the most poignant moment was when he was, he had never spontaneously hugged either one of us until he was about five years old. I came home from work one day and he met me at the door and and hugged me spontaneously. And it was an amazing moment. I'd like to thank Dr. Roy Sanders, who's been our guest. And we've been discussing how a doctor, a parent, face a change in life's plans. I'm Dr. Bill Rutenberg, and I leave you with the words of Emily Pearl Kingsley. If you spend your life mourning the fact that you didn't get to Italy, you may never be free to enjoy the very special, the very lovely things about Holland. We welcome your comments and questions. Please visit us at reachmd.com and explore our on-demand and podcast features, which gives you access to our entire program library. Until next time, I wish you good day and good health. You've been listening to Focus on Children's Health on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals.